All right, let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, I thank you again for the reading of your word. I pray, Lord, you bless the preaching of your word and bless our hearing of it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let's look there at the end of Acts chapter 4, verse 36 and 37. The Bible says, And Joseph, who by the apostles was son named Barnabas, which is being interpreted the son of Consolation, a Levite, and of the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it, and brought the money, and laid it at the apostles' feet. The title of my sermon this evening is Barnabas, the Son of Consolation. Barnabas, the Son of Consolation. Now, Joseph, the New Testament word for Joseph, was a famous believer. And he was famous because of the apostles renamed him as Barnabas. Many of you might have forgotten that Barnabas, his actual name is Joseph. But... Uh, And rightfully so for him. It's good for him that he was renamed as Barnabas. Barnabas means the son of consolation. Consolation means to comfort, to encourage. And tonight I plan to briefly go through some of the lessons from the stories of Barnabas. We're going to draw a few lessons from it. Because this character appears to be overlooked in the Bible relatively compared to Apostle Paul. So let's dive into Barnabas' story and see what we can learn from it. I'm going to look at seven lessons, seven lessons to learn from Barnabas, the son of consolation. Number one, he was a giver. So Barnabas was a giver. He sold his land and he gave. He considered the cause of the poor. Understand, what was happening back then wasn't communism. It wasn't just everybody selling everything and everyone has everything and come on and you all draw the same uh, check from the government or something, which was Peter. No, that's not what was happening. They saw a need. They considered the cost of the poor and he gave. So he saw a need and he responded. He was ready to spend and to be spent for the church, for the people. So what or where you spend your resources tells a lot about where your heart is. Open to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. We're going to look at verse 10. Romans chapter 12, verse 10. David, after he had rest all around, he decided in his heart to build God a house, to spend money to, to build God a house. God, the, the ark of the uh, tabernacle was living in tents. And he said, I'm living in this wonderful house, this nice house. And God, you know, like the ark of covenant, was living or was staying in tents. So he decided to build God a house and God blessed him for it. Solomon gave God a thousand bonds offerings. Even for a king, that is a lot. So giving is more than tithes and offering. Understand that. Uh, it's helping people. Send, uh, seeing a need, feeling the need. And this is what the Bible says to us in the church. In Romans 12 verse 10, Be kindly affectionate or affectioned one to another with brotherly love, in honor, preferring one another, not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer, distributing to the necessity of saints, giving to hospitality. So this is a goal that we should strive for. And this is what Barnabas was, a son of consolation. He was there to encourage and comfort. And he having a land, sold it and he gave. In Galatians chapter 6 verse 10, the Bible says, As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. So when you see a need with, among believers, are you there to fill it? Can you be a Barnabas? The apostles named him Barnabas, not a title per se. It wasn't, oh, this is his title. He's now the Barnabas of this church. No, it's because he was a giver. He was a comforter. He was an encourager. Um, and Ananias and Sapphira, the next chapter, they didn't understand this. And I, I think that's why the introduction was there before Ananias and Sapphira. So you know the story of that. So how can you be a Barnabas? I mean, how can you be an encourager? 
This is just number one point. By giving. And not just money, but your resources, your time, and your talent. As we go on, you're going to see more about Barnabas. Let's look at the second point. He was a man of faith. He was a man of faith. Open to Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9, verse 26. We're going to be in Acts a while. Acts chapter 9, verse 26. Now, most of, uh, most of the uh, points I'm going to give here, if not all the points... They are all related because it's of one spirit. Barnabas had the spirit of God in him. He was a man full of the spirit of God. He was a man full of faith. And just like you know, the, the fruit of the spirit, which is love, all these things are related. They all overlap. And to be a giver, you have to have faith. It goes without saying. Because you have to believe the promises of God. In Acts chapter 9, verse 26, the Bible says, And when Saul was come to Jerusalem, he essayed to join himself to the disciples. That means he looked into joining himself to the disciples. He tried to. But they were all afraid of him and believed not that he was a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles and declared unto them how he had seen the Lord in the way and that he had spoken to him and how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. So try to imagine the situation at the time. You Don't, don't be quick to blame the, the disciples or to blame the early church. Paul was recently terrorizing the church. He was going around, throwing people in jail, all of that. And they were scared of him. I mean, they scattered after the death of Stephen. And Paul was traveling to Damascus when he met with the Lord. So this could have been a ploy from Paul to get, you know, to know the church. Know the people that are following that way. That's the Christian way, the New Testament church. So it might be a ploy to say, oh yeah, I saw the Lord and all of that. So invite me in. Then he marks all of them. <laughs> so it could have been a ploy. But Barnabas did his research. Diligent inquisition. And he believed the word of God. He believed what, uh, that God reached Paul. And, and he took Apostle Paul like a client. You know, Barnabas, the advocate or the defense attorney for Apostle Paul. And took him straight to the apostles. Uh, so he detailed Paul's story, his encounter with the Lord. That shows that he did his research. He didn't just take Paul and say, hey, this, uh, um, this is Apostle Paul now. He, this is what he said. No, but he believed the story. He believed... Uh, the account that Paul had. So that means he believed God. He believed the word of God. He also believes good in people. He wasn't a blind optimist. Because not many people gave him a chance. And we should not have evil surmisings about people. You know, the Bible says about charity. That charity believeth all things. Charity does not think evil. That thinketh no evil. Right? So if you hear that Joe Biden is now saved and he's winning souls. Won't you be... Okay, maybe that's too far. All right. <laughs> that's a little bit too far. But, but, <laughs> but if you hear a former tongue-speaking Pentecostal pastor is now saved, shouldn't you do a diligent inquisition? Maybe he was on the right path. Uh, uh, maybe he was just, uh, maybe he is on the right path now. Maybe he was just mistaken before. So that's exactly what happened to Paul. He was terrorizing the church and Barnabas looked into the situation, looked into the story and brought him straight to the apostles, to the right authorities. So don't be quick to write people up. Believe that God can still walk in people's lives. Alright, number three, he was a comforter. Open to Acts chapter 11. Acts chapter 11 verse 19. So, he was sent to confirm and strengthen and establish churches. That is how good Barnabas was. In Acts chapter 11 verse 19, the Bible says, Now they which were scattered abroad upon the persecution that rose about Stephen, traveled as far as Phoenix and Cyprus and Antioch, preaching the word to none 
to none but unto the Jews only. And some of them were men of Cyprus and Cyrene, which when they were come to Antioch, spake unto the Grecians, preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned unto the Lord. Verse 22. Then tidings of these things came unto the ears of the church, which was in Jerusalem, and they sent forth Barnabas, that he should go as far as Antioch, who, when he came and had seen the grace of God, was glad and exhorted them all, that with purpose of heart they would cleave unto the Lord, for he was a good man and full of the Holy Ghost and of faith, and much people was added unto the Lord. So, he was not chosen as a deacon. Yes, in Acts chapter 6, the church was, was to appoint seven men, full of faith, full of the Holy Spirit, you know, reliable people. Now, he wasn't chosen, but that did not discourage Barnabas. Barnabas too was full of faith. Barnabas too was full of the Holy Spirit. Because it's not about positions. It's not about titles. It was, uh, not what I'm saying is about titles for the deacons, but for Barnabas, it wasn't about titles. Lack of recognition in an area should not discourage you. Because understand that God sees you. He sees the work you're doing. As Barnabas was doing all this work for the church. The Bible says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart, heart is perfect toward him. So God was preparing to use him mightily in a different way. You just have to keep doing what God tells you to do. Hey, the vision is for an appointed time. Hey, though it tarry, it will not tarry. Wait for it. So Barnabas had his work. He had his calling. He had his purpose. So they didn't pick him as a deacon. Oh, I'm going to leave the church. This church, I've been working hard for them. I've been doing everything. But now they are picking deacons. They didn't pick me. Right? Am I not full of the Holy Spirit? No, but that was not Barnabas' mindset. You know? So he was waiting for the call of God. For where God wants to use him. He was there, ready and available. So he was a good man. As, uh, as you see, as the Bible says, he could see the good in people and he loved to help people. So, who is Barnabas? He was a comforter. The church, as soon as they heard that there were churches and believers were established in Cyprus, in Cyrene, all the way to Antioch, they're like, who are we going to send forth? We're going to send forth Barnabas. He's in charge of these churches. He's in charge of helping them. And he exhorted them and there were fruits. People were added. To the church, as the Bible says. So, he's a comforter. Uh, number one, he was a giver. Number two, he's a man of faith. Number three, he was a comforter. Let's look at number four. He puts God first. So, Barnabas puts God first. Open to Acts chapter 11. Acts 11, 25. As you open there, in John 3, 30, the Bible says, this is John speaking, John the Baptist, he must increase, but I must decrease. That is the mentality of Barnabas. It's all about God. It's all about the work of God. It's not about me. I am just a tool. I am just a vessel. I'm just a soldier. God says jump. You ask God how high. That, that's just that's the mentality of Barnabas. In Acts 11.25, continuing the story, then Barnabas, sorry, then departed Barnabas to Tarsus for to seek Saul. So Barnabas did not rest on his laurels. Where did we just end? Barnabas exhorted the church, those churches all the way to Antioch, and more people were added to the church. He could have just, oh yeah, I've done a great work, I've done what I've been called to do, so I'm now just going to lord it over these guys. You know, I'm now the pastor, see all my fruits, you know, test my fruits, all that. See, since when I came here, we've added about 20 souls, we have people working for God, because they were added to the church. So these are workers, these are laborers, these are disciples, not just people saved. People were added to the church, right? So, but he didn't rest on his laurels. He departed to, uh, to Tarsus 
4 to 6, Saul, verse 26. And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch, and it came to pass that the whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people, and the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. Barnabas knew how far he could carry them, right? And he had done a lot for them already. He knew Apostle Paul would take them further. Because this is about God, not about me. This is not about about my glory, but he wants to see God glorified in their lives. So he had an apostle on his speed dial. Remember, he's the one that helped Apostle Paul with the apostles. So Apostle Paul is on his speed dial. Just, hey Paul, I need you. (laughs) You are an apostle. I'm not. So he recognized the power there. That this is an apostle. To some, he has given apostles. To some pastors. To some evangelists. Hey, I have an apostle I can get here to help me with these people so that we can even grow more. That is Barnabas' mentality. I'm not satisfied with where I am. I have not arrived. I'm not a rich fool. Oh, let me just increase my bonds and I'll just do no more work. You fool. Your life is required of you right now. So, um, that's not who Barnabas was. It was not about himself. No pride, no boasting, no glory in, in, in himself. And he did not lord himself over the church like Diotrephes. That did not receive John, an apostle. An apostle comes and is right into the church, but Diotrephes is like, no, I'm, I'm the pastor here. <laughs> There was an apostle at that time. I know that, yes, the bishop, the elder, is the, is the overseer of the church. But this time they had an apostle. The apostle was greater. Was sent by God. Had powers, special powers. They can do, do miracles, obviously, by the Lord. So he wanted to have the preeminence, not giving way for an apostle. Uh, the results were evident. They were Christ-like. Christians were first called uh, Christians in Antioch. So remember how he helped integrate Paul with the church? Of course, he knew Paul was an apostle. He didn't see Paul as a competition. See, it wasn't competition of, oh, oh, this is my church, this is the work I'm doing, I'm fighting against you guys. No, it was, let's work together so we can help these people. That, is, that was Barnabas. Trying to work with everyone, no matter what area you are, you know your strengths, you know your weaknesses, you know someone has more anointing, more gifts or talents in a particular area. Let's work together. It's one body. Okay, it's for the Lord. So he was probably happy that another apostle, another another apostle, was there to work for God. You know, because there were all the set apostles, and now this is apostle born in due time, and uh, so he was not above uh, asking for help. Oh, I can't ask for help. I can do this myself. So ask for help when you need help. So he put his pride away. All right, let's look at the fifth point. He helped Apostle Paul in ministry. So now he called Apostle Paul to help him. Now, Barnabas himself helped Apostle Paul in ministry. In Acts chapter 13, verse 2, Acts 13, verse 2, the Bible says, As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, that is the church, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. So this was a command by the Holy Spirit. Obviously, they've walked together for a whole year. And the church, uh, was, they were called Christians in that church in Antioch. So God seen that they can walk together. And that was preparing them for much more they were going to do. Winning souls all over the world as they traveled. The best soul winning partner for Apostle Paul was chosen by God. And that was Barnabas. I have nothing against Silas and all the other fellow laborers of Apostle Paul. Uh, but Barnabas was the best available at that time. See... I trust the judgment of the Holy Spirit. That's why I'm saying that he was the best. Because he says, separate unto me Barnabas and Saul. If not, he would have said, separate unto me Silas, Paul and Silas at the time. So Barnabas was the best available to help Paul in his ministry. Because he was a comforter. He was a son, his name was Barnabas, son of consolation. And remember, Paul was an apostle. 
I'm trying to make a point here. Open to Acts chapter 14. Acts chapter 14 verse 11. So Paul being an apostle was the chief speaker. He was the one going to uh, spread the message about the resurrection of Christ, about the gospel. And Barnabas was kind of like, you know, his helper, his soul winning partner. So Paul was the one talking more because he is being the apostle. And the book of Acts focuses on Apostle Paul. Right? That's why I said Barnabas might be not so relevant because of Apostle Paul, but he did a lot that we can learn from. The Bible has many records of what the stories of Barnabas that we can learn from. And rightfully so, Apostle Paul wrote many books in the New Testament. In Acts chapter 14, verse 11, the Bible says, And when the people saw what Paul had done, they lifted up their voices, saying in the speech of Lyconia, The gods have come down to us in the likeness of men. And they called Barnabas Jupiter and Paul Mercurius because he was the chief speaker. So Jupiter is like the bigger god. He's like the head god. And Paul was Mercurius as far. You know, you have the Antichrist and you have the, uh, the what's it called? The, the false prophet. Thank you. You have the Antichrist and the false prophet. So the Antichrist is right there. The false prophet is the one talking and talking. So the talker is kind of like the lower guy. So they looked at Barnabas as, the, as Jupiter. The point I'm trying to make here is that Paul was the one talking. And Barnabas was there helping him, supporting him. So that was, that was a work, a, a serious responsibility for Barnabas. Because Paul, being an apostle, he had a short time to do the work of an apostle. He got revelations from God. That is who Paul is. He did special miracles. Barnabas could not do all of that. But all this is because he had the title of an apostle. Barnabas sure got the rewards of Paul, Apostle Paul. He got the rewards of an apostle. Because if you help a prophet, give a prophet cold water, you get the rewards of the prophet. So as other fellow laborers of Paul. But the question here is, are you faithful enough to be handed such responsibility? Apostle Paul, Apostle Paul's work was very crucial. It was, in fact, I tend to believe that it's only Apostle Paul that could do what Apostle Paul did. Peter was not willing to do it. I mean, God tried to push Peter to do it. He wasn't willing to do it. It's only Apostle Paul that could go all the way, all over to the Gentiles. In fact, in Acts chapter 9 verse 15, this is what Jesus said about him. But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me, to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. So, he's chosen for this specific purpose. Only Apostle Paul. One of a kind. And who can we pick to help Apostle Paul? A Barnabas. Only a Barnabas. The Holy Spirit says, separate unto me Barnabas and Paul. For an apostle born in due time. The last of them. Very unique, spiritually, even physically. He was born free. A Roman citizen. He had access to many places. And he could claim, oh, I'm a citizen of Rome. You know, not a mean city. <laughs> right? So I'm a citizen of Rome. I, he, speak, he spoke various languages. Right? He's talking to Romans in one language, he's talking to the Hebrews in another language. So, that's what Apostle Paul is. He knew multiple cultures. He knew how to reach people. He says, I'm all things to all men, so by all means I may save some. That's who Apostle Paul was. He was a perfect guy to reach the Gentiles. Who can help this man? Barnabas. I need a Barnabas. So, no one better to help Paul in the mission field. And uh, not everyone can be a Paul. Not everyone can be a pastor. But you can be a Barnabas. You can be an encourager. You can be a giver. You can be a man of faith. You can be a comforter. You can put God first. It's not about yourself. It's about helping the body of Christ. And he helped Paul in ministry. Called for that purpose. Let's look at point number six. He was faithful and reliable. Open to Acts chapter 11. Acts chapter 11 verse 27. Acts 11 verse 27. So Barnabas was faithful and reliable. In verse 27, the Bible says, And in these days, sorry, and in these days came prophets from Jerusalem unto Antioch, 
And there stood up one of them named Agabus and signified by the Spirit that there should be great dearth throughout all the world, which came to pass in the days of Claudius Caesar. Then the disciples, every man according to his ability, determined to send relief unto the brethren which dwelt in Judea, which also they did, and sent it to the elders by the hands of Barnabas and Saul. So, Barnabas clearly wasn't a Judas Iscariot. Uh, he was trusted to handle money, especially in such dire circumstances. The risk was high. If Barnabas made away with the money, <laughs> people would have died. People would have not had their, sus- their sustenance in Jerusalem. So, who can we trust? Or if the money was stolen... So he was even trusted to keep the money, to safeguard the money and make that travel. Because, I mean, people were desperate at that time. There was farming. Uh, uh, so, and they trusted Barnabas and Saul to do this job. So another aspect of it is he wasn't afraid to handle money. And I know that from experience. Because it's, a, it's another matter altogether to handle money. People are afraid to handle money because they're like, oh, I don't want to be responsible for this. But Barnabas is like, yeah, I'll be responsible for it. And he was trusted to do it. I learned this the hard way earlier on. And that's a story for another day. Because sometimes it takes guts to handle money. I mean, you have to know yourself. You have to be self-disciplined and to handle a lot of money. That was a lot of money for all the saints in Jerusalem. And there was no accountability. It wasn't that they gave him a credit card or something. <laughs> right? They can't trace it. He could just disappear. He could just miss. Right? Like them as he forsook me and went to the wall. Anyway. So, he was also trusted with spiritual matters. So, he was trusted with physical matters, trusted with money, which is a huge trust. And he was trusted with spiritual matters. Look at Acts 15. Acts 15. And you're going to stay in Acts 15 for a while. Acts chapter 15. I read from verse 1. The Bible says, And certain men which came down from Judea taught the brethren and said, Except ye be circumcised after the manner of Moses, ye cannot be saved. When therefore Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and disputation with them, they determined that Paul and Barnabas and certain order of them should go up to Jerusalem unto the apostles and the elders about this question. So, there was a dissension, there was a dispute about circumcision. How, uh, do the Gentiles need to be circumcised to be saved? Obviously that was wrong. And Paul and Barnabas, they disputed against it. And they said, okay, let's go ask the elders. So, we can send Paul, but you know, Paul can be crazy sometimes. So let's send Paul with Barnabas, right? Because <laughs> we can trust Barnabas. Barnabas is, yeah, trustworthy guy. But Paul is like, no, you know, Paul is like, Paul might have been a hard guy to work with. I'll tell you that. So Barnabas was the best guy for him. So even the believers in Judea had the same feeling. Jump to verse 12. Then all the multitude kept silence and gave audience to Barnabas and Paul, declaring what miracles and wonders God had wrought among the Gentiles by them. So they were listening to Barnabas and Paul. They gave them their audience because he was their beloved. As much, yes, he wasn't picked to be a deacon, but he was doing all this work. He was beloved of the church. If you read verse 25, it says, It seemed good unto us, verse 25, still in Acts 15. It seems, seemed good unto us, being assembled with one accord, to send chosen men unto you with our beloved Barnabas and Paul. You see, so this is who Barnabas was. A helper for the church, a trustworthy guy, a faithful guy, a reliable guy. Both for physical things and for spiritual matters. So, that is Barnabas. And finally, point number seven, he was true to himself and his calling. Barnabas was true to himself and his calling. Who was he? The son of consolation. Remember, his name was Joseph. So we're saying Barnabas, Barnabas, that's who he was. The son of consolation. He was not a fake. He was not a bootlicker. 
He did not necessarily seek for people to like him. That, that was not his point. It's not, oh, I'm trying to help everybody so everybody will like me. That's not it. I'm trying to help everybody so I get recognition. That's not it. He was just walking for God. That's who he was. In Acts 15, again, look at verse 36. Acts 15, verse 36. And some days after, Paul said unto Barnabas, Let us go again and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they do. And Barnabas determined to take with them John, whose surname was Mark. But Paul thought not good to take him with them, who departed from them from Pamphylia and went not with them to the work. And the contention was so sharp between them that they departed asunder one from the other. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed uh, unto Cyprus. And Paul chose Silas and departed, being recommended by the brethren unto the grace of God. So Barnabas could have been called a bleeding heart for Mark. Right? I know someone has been accused of a bleeding heart, of having a bleeding (laughs) heart. Oh, he just, why, why do you have to take Mark? Right? Why do you have to do that? So, but Barnabas was balanced. He knew his calling. He knew what he had to do. He did not easily give up on people. That's who Barnabas was. Uh, remember, he did the same exact thing for Paul. Everyone was like, oh, we're not going to take this guy. But Barnabas stood for Paul. Now, Paul is like, I'm not going to take this guy. But Barnabas stood for that guy. He stood for Mark. It is interesting. Uh, ladies might see a guy, he's very funny, he's very jovial. Oh, I like this guy. You know, why do you like him? He's funny. Yeah, he's funny, he's funny. Then they get married, then they're trying to talk to him, and he's just funny, making jokes. But you married him because he was funny, remember? <laughs> so Paul liked Barnabas, because Barnabas liked to stick up for God. Oh, he stuck up for me, he took me to the apostles, he made sure that they accepted me. Now he's hating, not hating, but he's disputing with him, just because of that very same reason. That is who Barnabas is. Right? So he's true to himself. He's true to his calling. Now, was Apostle Paul correct with his assessment? I don't know. I don't truly know. Mark might have abandoned them again. Maybe left them in a hard situation. But no matter whether Paul was right or wrong, Barnabas helped Mark. Here's my perspective. Open to 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4. No matter whether Paul was right or wrong, I believe Barnabas was helping Mark. First point, if Paul was right, then Barnabas restored Mark back to, uh, to ministry. So, uh, so much that Paul requested for him by name. Because Paul, Barnabas went to work with Mark. So if Paul was right, that means Mark would have abandoned them. Mark would have been a Dem- Demas, right? And Paul, uh, Barnabas decided that I'm going to work on Mark. I'm going to help him. I'm going to encourage him. I'm going to comfort him. That means confirm him, strengthen him in the work of God. So much so that Paul, later on in his life, in, uh, when he was writing to Timothy, that was close to the end of his life, uh, and he said, I need, in fact, let's read it. He said, I need Mark. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 10. The Bible says, For Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed unto Thessalonica, Christians to Galatia, Titus to Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Take Mark. And bring him with thee, for he is profitable to me for the ministry. So if Paul was right, Barnabas did a good, good job on Mark. So Barnabas is true to himself. Now if Paul was wrong, then Barnabas leaving Mark would have discouraged Mark. Because Mark said, I was not going to do that again. I was going to stay with you guys. I was going to work for you guys. I'm not going to leave you guys in Pamphylia. I'm going to leave you guys high and dry anymore. But since they abandoned him... He's like, you know, why am I working for God? They're not going to use me anyway. I did one mistake. 
and now they've abandoned me. So, I'm not going to work for God anymore. So, no matter how you look at it, right or wrong, Paul, uh, Barnabas was encouraging Mark. And it helped Mark to get to this point in his life where Paul is calling for Mark. So, uh, Barnabas was not just clinging to Paul for the right. Oh, I'm with an apostle Paul. I'm seeing all these miracles happening. That was not what Barnabas was doing. And it was very clear that he stood his ground to be true to himself. You know, there are adrenaline junkies. They just, from this conference, to that conference, to that conference, to this soul winning marathon, to that, to that. They just want all the highs. And that was life with Paul. <laughs> right? But that was not Barnabas. He was a settled guy. He was a balanced guy. And he knew his calling. He knew his work in the ministry. He knew what God called him to do. So Barnabas started small. He He's renaming, that is, remember his name was Joseph. His renaming by the apostle was in recognition of the things he already did. It's not just because he gave money or he laid money into the apostles' feet. And look at how the grammar says it in Acts chapter 4, the end there. He says, and Joseph, Acts 4, 36, and Joseph, who by the apostles was son named Barnabas, which is being interpreted, the son of consolation, a Levite, and of the country of Cyprus, having land sold it, and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. So, he was already son named Barnabas. Maybe we're giving their lands and their houses. So, he, they weren't just naming all of them Barnabases, right? Barnabas was doing the work already. And he had land and he sold it and he gave. So, his, his naming was not a title just because he gave money. Oh, I give a lot to the church, but it's more than that. What is your calling? What is your purpose? What, do you know what it means to be a Barnabas, Right? Again, consolation means comforting and encouraging. The Bible says in Acts 15, let's go back to Acts 15. Acts 15 verse 28 says, For it seemed good to the Holy Ghost, Acts 15 verse 28, For it seemed good to the Holy Ghost and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things, that ye abstain from meats offered to idols and from blood and from things strangled and from fornication, from which if ye keep yourselves, ye shall do well, fare ye well. So when they were dismissed, they came to Antioch, and when they had gathered the multitude together, they delivered the epistle. So what the elders said in Jerusalem, they delivered it. In verse 31, which when they had read, that means the church there, when they had read, they rejoiced for the consolation. Right? So what is consolation? The words they had, it, 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 um, it encouraged them, it confirmed their stand, it showed them the right way to go. And Barnabas was a son of consolation. And that was just by words. So the church was comforted and encouraged by the words of the elders. Barnabas might have started with words, but clearly we know where his heart was. And he did much more than words, as you saw. Open to James chapter 2. James 2 verse 14. James chapter 2. James 2 verse 14. The Bible says, What does it profit, my brethren? Though a man say he had faith and have not works, can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute for daily, of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding ye give them not those things which are needful to the body, what doth it profit? Even so, faith, if it had not works, is dead, being alone. Yea, man may say, Thou hast faith, and I, and I have works. Shew me thy faith without thy works, and I will shew thee my faith by my works. That is what James was exhorting the church. That is what we're being exhorted to do. To be a Barnabas. Right? Don't despise the small beginnings. Start somewhere. Start with something. Use what you have. Know the resources that God has given us. The blessings in, in, all, in spiritual places. All the blessings He has given us. So that we can grow the church. So that we can be like a Barnabas. See, 
Joseph was known as Barnabas, the son of consolation. What would you be known for? What would you be known as? Let's bow our heads. Father, I thank you for your word. Thank you for teaching us about the story of Barnabas, a wonderful uh, life there in service to you, not of himself, but solely just for you, for the work of the church. I pray, O Lord, that you help us to learn from these lessons so that we can be helpers, we can be comforters, and uh, we can fulfill our purpose and our calling to this body in all the parts so that this body can walk as a whole to the glory of your name, O Lord, in Jesus' name. I pray, O Lord, you bless us and bless the church. Next time we meet, let it be to your glory, O Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.